when you're hanging out at the four seed, you got a game lead on the team that's hanging in the fifth seed. You don't want to call a, a game a must-win game. Phoenix Suns play the Los Angeles Lakers tonight in L.A. And although you don't want to call it a must-win game, it kind of feels like that. The schedule that lies before the Phoenix Suns is a tough one. They got Sacramento on Friday. They come home on a back-to-back against Philly. They've got Denver a couple times. They got Minnesota, who's fighting for a playoff spot. You got the Lakers again, a team who's fighting for a playoff spot. In fact, out of the remaining 10 games for the Phoenix Suns, only two teams have a losing record. So yeah, although you don't want to call it a must-win game against the Los Angeles Lakers, that's what tonight was, in my opinion. Matthew, I don't know if you agree with that, but I kind of felt like tonight was a must-win game for the Suns. Ultimately, they lose by 11 to the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, it was a must-win. I didn't think we would win, but it was a must-win. <laughs> with eight, with AD, I mean, with uh, KD out, and then you have Aiden out too, I was like, oh, that's going to be a loss. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Austin, the Austin Reeves thing is happening, and then um, AD is actually out there playing legit basketball when it matters. Um, so I expected a loss tonight, but um, it is a must-win at the same time. It's just, I don't know, just got to get through these, I guess, man. Yeah, and again, the Suns, they're still in the fourth seed. It's not a must-win to the point where like the Lakers who are the 11th seed trying to fight into the playoff to play in like to them, it's more of a must win. Cause they're just trying to make the postseason. The Suns are going to the postseason, but if you want to have home court advantage, if you want to give yourself a long life in the postseason, it kind of falls into that category. So a frustrating loss, again, a, a slow choppy, typical like nationally televised game where the Phoenix Suns give up a season high 46 free throws in this game, which is something that we'll talk about, I'm sure, at the front end of this podcast. Uh, Anthony Davis, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, all scoring in double digits for for the Los Angeles Lakers and all scoring 20-plus points, whereas Devin Booker scores 33. You got Torrey Craig, Landry Sham, and Chris Paul are the only other guys in double figures for the Phoenix Suns. This is their fifth loss in six games. And Matthew, this is not a good basketball team right now. We might be in the four seed. It's not a good basketball team. Yeah, and I mean, you said that, you know, we're going to make the playoffs, but (laughs) is it for sure, though? I'm just saying, KD, they said he's back by the end of the month. They said KD's going to come back by the end of the month. Our our schedule is really tough. If we miss more games without um, DeAndre Ayton, I don't know. I'm not saying we're going to lose every game, but this is going to be tough. And I think it's going to be hard just to make the playoffs right now, the way these teams are playing, so. It's definitely going to be tough. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And if you go to tankathon.com and you go to their <laughs> remaining oh, oh. remaining schedule strength, uh, the Phoenix Suns, you know, again, fifth toughest schedule ahead of them. They've yeah. got 10 games. The opposing opposition's winning percentage is 53.8%. I mean, it's just there's some good teams that lie ahead of us. So, again, a, a lot of challenges for this team and a lot of – Uh, interesting things that we're going to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So we appreciate everybody who's hanging out with us live in the chat. Uh, The sky isn't falling, but it sure is raining a lot for the Phoenix Suns. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, hit that thumbs up button. Uh, If you're listening on the Basketball Podcast Network or wherever you consume your pods, if you can rate us, do it. If you can't, don't. If you can rate us and you don't want to, don't. I don't care. Uh, this is just kind of a, a disappointing 
loss for the sun. So I think that everybody's earned a, an ice cold beverage. So if you got a Guinness like I do, still got some leftover from St. Patrick, Patrick's Day, pop them. And let's talk about this, uh, this must win that ended up being a fuck we lost game. Suns lose to the Los Angeles Lakers, give up 34 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, even though, you know, entering the fourth quarter, they were down three, a lose by 11. And it brings me to my first question, Matthew. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I've got to ask, do the Phoenix Suns simply not listen to coach Monty Williams because fouling, right? What's that? Don't foul. Yeah. Monty's mantra before this game, after everything that we've experienced over the past couple weeks, right? You know, we've had some games where like, listen, you don't want to put yourself in a situation in which the officiating wins the games. We, we, we've had that mentality as fans. Our last podcast, I think we spent the first 15 minutes simply talking about the bullshit that is foul baiting and things of that nature. And Monty Williams just kind of said said what the, the right answer is before this game, and he said it uh, a couple days ago before the Phoenix Suns, who made a stop in Phoenix in you know on their way coming over on their road trip. You know, he said we just need to stop fouling. At the end of the day, we just need to stop fouling. You know, he said the we can't let the refs dictate our 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 poise and and this that. He's like we just need to stop fouling. The Phoenix Suns respond with giving up the most free throws that they have the entire season. Their previous high was 43 free throws on December 2nd against the Houston Rockets. They give up 46 fucking free throws tonight. And this isn't bullshit fouls, man. This is them fouling them. Like, they're like, okay, yeah, cool, Monty. And they start knocking <laughs> guys over. Like, they didn't yeah. fucking listen, dude. I mean, I think it put more um, more on them, just basically knowing, like, hey, we can't foul, but then you're playing Anthony Davis. And I'm not saying Anthony Davis didn't take some possessions off, but mostly when he's down there, he's going to get the calls. Bismack, Jock, and Dolan do their best, but they're going to foul for sure. And, of course, if you can't guard Austin Reeves, who can just draw a foul like any old good basketball player out there, you're going to get a call. They're going to get the call. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, they were fouls, So, and it was a stinky 46. I know, you know, I didn't even go on Twitter hardly at all because I knew it would be about Smart. the As soon as I saw it was 27 to 10 at halftime, I'm like, oh, I didn't even know it was that bad because I just thought it was legit fouls. The only foul that was might have been a mistake there by the rest was the one where the book got hit in the face and they called mm-hmm. it, oh, it was a foul, then it's not a foul. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't know, man. I, I think right now the Suns are really focused on too much, maybe too much focus on getting to the line, but – in the wrong ways. You know, it's just, it's not part of their game. It's like asking DeAndre Ayton really to go out there and be physical, right? It's just it's asking this team to game. draw fouls. It's not going to happen. You have a point guard in Chris Paul who cannot draw contact. I think he got bumped a little bit on the perimeter and it looked like he might've got hurt. So he can't, he can't get any contact. Anytime book goes down there to draw contact, I guess here, he's going to get hurt. So a lot of these guys, they just, they avoid it. They're finesse and they're just, that's the way they play. And, this is just, this just sucks going into the playoffs because you know for sure. I said it last pod, these teams are going to be physical, and if we do go play a play-in team, 
and they're more physical than us. It's going to be one of those games where it's going to be like, oh, like I don't even know if we have a chance to win this. I know with KD, without KD, it doesn't matter. This team just cannot be physical, and they've just always been that way, and it just sucks now because we're losing games, mm-hmm. and we just are like, wow, look at the free throw disparity. It's like it's been like that for forever. Again, I, I talked about the statistic prior to this game that this season, now 72 games, only 23 games have the Phoenix Suns actually shot more free throws than the opposition. The Lakers are number one in the league in shooting more free throws than the opposition. So coming into this game, you already know that's going to happen. It's by design. It's the way that they play. Austin Reeves is one of those guys who knows how to strategically draw contact. When you don't have DeAndre Ayton on the interior, you know Anthony Davis is going to get his because anytime he wants, he can just post up Bismack Biombo or Jock Landell and carve them up and get the foul at the same time. I'm more frustrated with the simple fact that this team can't make the adjustment. So says Jay's hanging out in the chat and he says, Monty just walked out of his oppressor. Fucking amazing. So that'll be interesting to watch, to to watch the press conference of Monty Williams after this because fouls, I'm assuming, right? uh, It's gotta be because all he's been doing has been talking about fouls. uh, And again, he's saying we got to stop fouling. They committed 31 fouls, which ties their season high this, this year. So, you can sit there and say, well, that was kind of a bogus call, and that's kind of a bogus call. But if you're fouling the opposition 31 times, and let's just say 10 of them are bogus calls, that's still 21 fouls committed, which the Phoenix Suns themselves only committed, or the Lakers themselves only committed 20. So yeah. it, it's it's by scheme, it's by design. And as you mentioned, the challenge with this is as we prepare to enter the playoffs, you're gonna. This is a glaring weakness. Good, bad, or indifferent. This is a glaring weakness of the Phoenix Suns. And what the weakness is, in my opinion, it isn't necessarily that they commit so many fouls. It's that they allow the opposition to get so deep and penetrate within the paint at such an easy clip that you can put yourself in a situation where you can get those fouls because that's where they occur. This isn't happening on jump shooters, fifteen feet from the basket. It's happening as as players are driving to the rim and they're they're in the paint, and the Suns' perimeter defense can't negate that. And you watch the Suns, and there's two things that happen: one, they don't take shots on the interior very often; they're fourth worst in the league in shooting inside ten feet. And two, when they do, simply due to the the nature of of their uh, their psyche, the their shot selection, they're not they're not experts at drawing contact. So from a defensive standpoint, Matthew. Aren't you concerned that, like, let's say that in the first round we end up playing the Timberwolves. Anthony Edwards is like, I'm just going to attack all the time because I can because there's no one on the perimeter who can stop me. No, I'm not. Well, if Katie's back and we have DeAndre Aiden back, we'll be fine. I think we'll be fine down there. I think the thing is DA has to know how to not, you know, just make the contact. Like, he has had hard times this, this year. He's definitely had a hard time just, you know, kind of holding his own. But – Right now, I think Monty, what he's doing right now is maybe getting out ahead of this. This is the only way to get out of ahead, get out out ahead of it, mm-hmm. because the Suns just can't adjust really right now, and it just doesn't matter who they play. It's just like if it's the Lakers, if it's the fucking the Heat, whoever's physical that can get to the line, they're still going to give up fouls. I think what Monty's doing right now too, he might know like, hey, my my team is just horrible at this, but the situation they're in, it kind of makes sense. But also, he's probably just like, I need to just bring this to attention to the officiating so that maybe this can help us. Um, like we said, dude, this tonight's game, a lot of these fouls were fouls, I thought. 
Mm-hmm. And the way that the Suns are playing defense out there down under the perimeter are down in the paint. It's just, it's hard for them to even get any good positioning on these guys. For some reason, they're just, they're having a hard time coming over. They're putting their arms down when they're not supposed to be putting their arms down. But then if they don't play any defense and they're not fouling anybody, these guys are getting to the rim. Like they're cutting, they're getting to the rim. They're, they're um, just attacking at will. It's just a, it's a sore, it's a weakness right now. We can say only because Katie and, and um, why do I not remember his name? DeAndre, DeAndre Aiden. DA <laughs> is not back. When the, when he gets back, I think it's going to be fine. It's, it's really hard right now to come after this game and just talk about it because this team is just fucked up and down. Like it's just not a good looking team right now for those reasons. So I'm saying, dude, I just, I think it'll be okay once those two guys are there. Cause I think KD and Aiden did a great job together down underneath the basket. And so did with jock and busy. So I think it's going to be fine. It's just a fucking hard loss right now. It is. And the timing of it obviously really hurts. So, you know, again, uh, Black Sunday in the chat. Thank you for the $5. We truly appreciate it. He says, Scott Foster set to officiate this game. Lakers shot 26 more free throws. Lakers with that win moved to the 10th seed. The NBA knew what they did tonight. Thoughts on that? Yeah, you got to have LeBron there. Everyone misses him. Uh, You got to have LeBron and the Lakers in the playoffs. That's fine. I mean, we can sit here and say, and thanks for the money, man. I really yeah, appreciate it. Really appreciate do. It. We need it. Thanks we a lot. <laughs> we, we, we need it. It's rough. All right. We're going to go um, probably lose our houses pretty soon. But I think um, what, what, um, what's going to happen here is the officiating might fix some things for that the Lakers can make it. You might think that, and it probably is true, but there's nothing you can do. And it just, it, it just like it, you've been seeing all this, all this shit in the news where, these refs are throwing guys out of games like man last night with the Clippers where he barely even argued and threw his hands up oh, and got thrown out of the game. These refs are actually getting punished now. I think one of them actually was promoted or demoted yeah. and they just, they can't take the games over. Like they're not going to do it to Scott Foster, man. No, they're not. And I'm, I'm telling you, dude, tonight, I know it looks bad on the paper, but I just don't think this is one of those games. I just think the refs actually getting too involved in these players business and throwing them out of the game early. That's the stuff I don't like that stuff where they're just throwing technicals around and trying to own up and, you know, have the tiny dick situation. Like they just, they can't, we can't have that. The fouls are going to happen no matter what. They're, I don't know what to say about it. Really? What What are your thoughts on Dem Booker getting hit in the head and was called an offensive foul. And the Suns had to use a challenge. <laughs> their only challenge to simply yeah. get that call. Right. Man. What that didn't make any sense. How do we not get the challenge back though? After that's like, Oh, like just common sense. It's like, yeah. Hey, we made a mistake. We originally called it a foul, and well, like, on the Scott Lakers, Foster called it the offensive foul, and then the guy who was forty feet across, the, he's like, "No, no," and then Scott was like, yeah. "Oh, yeah, you're right." So, do you do you want to? Uh, here, here's the Monty press conference, ladies and gentlemen. I spoke <coughs> with Joe last week. I can sit here and rant and rave about what I feel like is not a fair whistle. It's just not with the forty-six free throws. We're doing the same. We're attacking the rim. I'm getting explanations about um, we're taking too many jump shots, mid-range jump shots. Like it, we're playing a physical game. They had 27 free throws in the first half. They end up with 46. When do you see a game with 46 free throws for one team? Like that's that's just not that's not right. I don't care how you slice it. It's happening to us too much. Other teams are reaching. Other teams are hitting, and we're not getting the same call. And I'm tired of it. It's just it's old. 46 to 20 free throws with Devin Booker on our team. He gets 12. 
Josh gets, I mean, that our bench had no free throws. That's just, I'm over it. Been talking about the same thing for a while. Doesn't matter what team it is. Last game, Shea gets, I think he had 19 free throws. 19, yeah. And it's old. And so I'm, I'm tired of talking about free throws. Our guys have to do their job. We, we understand that. But that, that's a huge disparity, 46 free throws. And I'll say it again, 46 to 20. That's it. That's all I got to say. There you go. Ooh, that look at the end. That look. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me. I had the hardest time really talking about fouls and the the refs. You can tell the first 15 minutes of the pod, I'm just like, I don't fucking know. Because honestly, I'm going to side with not the refs really, but just decide that, you know what, we didn't really draw contact. And I think a lot of the fouls that Book did get were because he was complaining. I didn't feel like he got hit. And then when he did get hit a few times, he didn't get the call. So it's a tough thing to, t- to talk about. But also like, Monty's really I'm serious I think he's doing this because he needs to let the refs know like we need to be fair even if we don't draw the contact even though if we're not good against the line we still need to find a way to equal this out but I don't think that's even possible but good on him well and again there's that one play where he's Devin Booker's going down and D'Angelo Russell's beat on a fast break and just slaps the shit out of him yeah that's the one yeah you know and just nothing's called yeah. So it, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating to come on here every night and have to bitch about. The oh, free it's throws. hard. This you know, is the it's worst. tough. I it's fucking it's, hate it, this. You know, <laughs> it, it it really is. It's uh, it's just frustrating because again, that disparity is ridiculous. And I, I again, they're they're valid free. They're, they're valid calls on the Suns. That's the other side of that. Is they're valid? What's happening is they're not getting the calls on the other end, and that's yeah. the point that I'm making. So uh, Justin in the chat, you know. Uh, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> this is, wait, really quick. Because this that's is not I'm the saying. same this, Suns. This Suns no. team right now is just a, 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 like the Island of Misfits out there with Devin Booker. So it makes sense that it, there is that big of disparity because it's not the same team. Like, no. I don't, I just, that's the one thing. It's like, it's Booker and who else? Like, I don't understand why we keep having this talk about foul or about even losing these games because this is tough to even just assemble at the end of like, what the fuck happened? Because this team is just so. Of course, right now. So here's my other question. So the Suns have lost five out of six, right? And DA hasn't been there for what? The last two, right? This one and the and the last one, right? Yeah. Is the insertion of Kevin Durant truly going to change the identity of this team that is losing five out of six uh, to the Thunder, to the Lakers? Is If that's the case, and they're having... Kevin Durant come back are all of a sudden they going to be a championship level team well that's what we talked about last last pod you asked me you're like how far can this team go with Kevin Durant I said second round it's just it's hard to tell because it does take time and I think right now the way you you can see these guys playing around book and you know Chris Paul is just an absolute zero for most of every game I'm sorry it just it's really bad and you're gonna have Katie and book and you have DeAndre Ayton who's gonna take time too like he's going to take a lot of time to really get involved in this offense and figure things out. So short amount of time, it's just, you had the best two players maybe out there. That's the best mm-hmm. chance you have, but everything surrounding it, it kind of looks a little bit better. The bench looks a little bit better with Shamit back. It's going to be hard to tell with these losses, but I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think that obviously the reinsertion of Kevin Durant's going to change a lot of this team. I mean, that's like, duh. I mean, you're getting a top 15 player back. But again, the challenge that I see with this team is just a lot of consistent inconsistencies 
uh, when it comes to the bench, when it comes to the flow and, and the rotations that we haven't had a chance to experience. Yeah. And, and that Monty Williams hasn't had a chance to experiment with who stepped up in Kevin Durant's uh, absence. Who who's done it. Who? Zilch. N- nobody. Who's, suppo- who's supposed to step up though? Really? I mean, kogi has been really good. Has but he he's always, he's, he was good before. Has, has he been good though? For the limited time he's had. Yeah. I feel like he's been fine. And, and Justin, the, uh, they they were three and zero with KD, okay. Uh, <laughs> Are you guys fighting or something? Are you guys no? You guys going? <laughs> Justin's just uh, really pissing me off in the chat right now. All he's right, being, you guys he's being calm. he's being facetious. Calm, uh, everybody, who's supposed right. to ste- who's supposed to step up in the absence of KD? Anybody other than Devin Booker? Chris Paul ain't doing it. You know, DeAndre Ayton wasn't doing it. Uh, and then he got injured. You know, yeah. Terrence Ross had one good game. TJ Warren hasn't done shit. Landry Shamit hasn't done shit. Or I'm sorry, Landry Shamit has done shit. Uh, Cameron Payne's been off and on. It's just yeah. we're seeing the fringe pieces of this team are not playing well, period. And and that's what happens when when, when you lose five out of six. Yeah. No, you're, you know, there's going to be reasons for that. Yeah, because some guys just aren't playing well. Yeah. The guys you want to step up, though, that's like the Mikhail Bridges who stepped up before, right? Like, you're looking for those kind of guys to step up in a situation where, like, hey, we need another superstar. I mean, another star here. You know, a guy that can help Devin Booker in the situation when everyone was hurt and everyone was coming back. Mikhail did a good job doing that, right? And then Cameron Johnson would have been next. Like, hey, step Mm -hmm. up. We don't have those type of guys right now without KD, right? So we just have to wait for KD because I don't think anybody can fill that void of just shooting and just, like, having a lights out night. I know Ross can maybe do that, but there's no one really else. I mean, there's, there's not, especially when you have Chris Paul, but out that's, there. but, but that's why I Same say, games. but that's why I say, even with the addition of Kevin Durant, how good is this team going to be? Because we don't have those fringe players. We don't have the guys who can contribute at a championship clip. Now, like you said, a second round, maybe a Western conference finals, you know, obviously, I hope that I'm wrong, but I'm a realist. And what I've what I've seen without Kevin Durant before and after. Yeah, when he was there, we were three and zero, and it was fan fucking tastic. But before and after, this team has looked like shit. Period. Exclamation point. And the yes. only thing that's going for the Suns is the rest of the West sucks ass. Okay, this team is yes. what now thirty eight and thirty four. If this was any other season, thirty eight and thirty four, where does that get you? This team with the remaining record or the remaining record of the teams that they have to play. They're going to be lucky if they fit, if they hit 500. Okay. They've got 10 games left, right? You go through that schedule, which we will. If you say they, they go four and six, you're being optimistic. That's 500 basketball. And that could be the four seed this year. That's reality with all this scoring, with everything that's going on in the modern NBA, that's reality. A 42 and 42 record could be, could be a four seed. Whereas this franchise experienced the 2014 Suns that won what 49 games and that wasn't enough to get in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, all right. So Mark Jackson, big shout out to him tonight. I think he made a really good comment tonight he, to start the broadcast say? where he talked about Bismack started out hot, but he said, if, if Aiden plays the way Bismack plays offensively and defensively on the boards, they're going to win the chip. And like I've always said, he is the X factor. 
So I know I just said like, hey, you know, Aiden's gonna take some time to get implemented into this offense to really just kind of showcase what he can have, what he can do out there. And you know what? But Mark Jackson's right. If Aiden can just, you know, be that guy down there and be a bitch down there, just grabbing boards, uh, putbacks, all that, like he can do if he wants and put his body in the right spacing, then yeah, that'll help a lot on that end. And KD and Book can do what they want to do out there, I feel like offensively. And this year, man, it's just it's one of those years we'll look back on and be like, whoo, is this the is this the season where, you know, I mean, the 72 game season is always a thing. But is this really the season, the ending of the 82 game season? Because it just feels that way. It feels like this probably might not ever happen again, but maybe one more season because teams suck this year. All the games suck this year. There's maybe two games I watched where we had fully healthy teams. Everything else is just, you know, oh, one guy's out. Then you're not going to get the matchup you want to watch. That's just how this whole season has been. So I'm looking forward to maybe shortening the season so we don't have the same thing again. The one, what what sucks this year is the defense, right? Like you look at the overall scoring in the league and it's just out of control. I mean, we've had two guys score 70 points in a game. We have guys dropping 50, 60. You know, it used to be like, oh shit, dude, Dane Lillard dropped 52 points, you know, this, you know, last night. And that's like a one-off and it happens all the time this this season. So defenses, it's like the NBA has turned into a bunch of uh, uh, all-star games. And again, looking at this through the lens of a Suns fan, it's because we're gifting them so many points at the line and fouling out all of our fucking guys, you know? And so it's just, it's it's a challenge right now. And I know that brighter days are ahead, right? Like you, you watch this podcast, you got to sit there and understand that we go live after every game, good, bad, or indifferent, we go live after every game. And we have to react on what we just consume. And when we consume a game like that, it's fucking frustrating. And when you consume it and you and you have to go live and you're, oh, cool, I get to talk about another son's loss. Okay, they've lost five out of their last six games. I'm not going to come out here and be like, dude, everything's going to be good once KD gets back. There's That would be the most boring podcast ever. You tune in like, all right, guys, the Phoenix Suns lost to the Lakers tonight, but they didn't have Kevin Durant. So – so, uh, go home and love your family. You know, it's like, that, that's not what this is about. This is about having conversation about the state of the Suns right now. The state of the Suns is they are teetering at potentially losing the four seed. Now, that being said, the Los Angeles Clippers lost uh, Paul George last night. And I don't know if you saw that play, but it yeah, that's, that was bad. They said two to three weeks, but honestly, two to three weeks. Yeah, that that looked like it was season ending. And I, that sucks because that team, well, I mean, it doesn't suck for the Suns, really. But you know what I mean? It sucks for that team because they were rolling. Um, dude, that was bad. Um, I what is Bill Parcells says, you're only as good as your record. Right. Yeah. And that's what we can go by. Um, you're totally right. Where these games where we come on after here and I'm telling you, like the, the free throws suck and the Suns look awful at times but it's just it's one of those things where you just got to get through it and you got to just be like all right well who do you have out there who's really stepping up like you said if no one is it's just it's painful to watch because you're just hoping that like oh this group can maybe come together mm-hmm. by the time kd comes back get a couple wins you know has some momentum but there's no momentum this year at all but the playoffs start soon dude yeah. <laughs> it is it's coming it's yeah. coming and right now it just doesn't look good even with Aiton's injury too, man, I don't even know how long he's going to be out. Well, and that's the other challenge that we have is, you know, DeAndre Ayton, we, we saw what play it was, right? Like he, he, he injured himself when he got kneed in the groin against the Magic. Uh, and that can be a painful yeah. injury, especially for a big guy. But he's not even traveling with the team. Like we're not going to see him against Sacramento. And, and 
for all the people who knock DeAndre Ayton, it's like, yeah, you knock him until you don't have him, man, and you really appreciate his size, the minutes he plays, his defensive prowess, uh, and his switchability the moment that you don't have him. So we're stuck in kind of the world of what if right now. So we deserve and, it then. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I is, deserve no DA because of all the crap. It is 100% on Matthew. It is. You know, for, for all of the, the shit that you talked, uh, all that stuff, it's, complete, <laughs> it's completely on you. Uh, real quick, Black Sunday says, video going around of D'Lo, um, and I guess that he was in the huddle, and he was shouting, Scott Foster is refing y'all. Scott Foster, what does that <laughs> tell you? Well, a, co- you know, a couple things, obviously. It tells you yeah. that everybody knows that Scott Foster versus the Suns is, is a thing. Although I feel like it's kind of died off because I feel like we've won some games in the past couple seasons uh, with him being there. But, you know, that being said, like we have the video, so let's see if we can hear it. This is ended up going to officials. They keep track of everything else. They really do. Here's Davis. Davis goes to the dribble. AD attacking. Anthony Davis. Two free throws. LeBron very engaged in this game. Up quickly to talk to AD. Here's, Here we go. We got free throws coming when we come back. Under four minutes to play. Lakers trying to add to their nine-point lead as Mr. Davis will go to the line. There it is. There it was. We heard it. Yeah. What does that tell you, Matthew? <laughs> that was a foul. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's a thing. Anything to get underneath Chris Paul, the little ounce that he has left in him, just got to kind of fizzle it out, right? <sighs> DraftKings. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt-in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back up to $10. I got Houston winning it all. I know. I'm dumb. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Coach Fallen Founder in the chat says, I felt more confident the last two seasons at this point than I do now. How do you feel, Matthew? Um, Yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> right? I me, do. Me, I do. I, I, even I, we, I felt more confident. Two years ago, we were just happy to be in the playoffs, and we had a damn good team. Last year, we were on our way to 64 wins, and we thought, fuck, man, this is insane. We're going to win the West was, by yeah. eight games. And now here we are. We're 38 and 34. We lose into the Lakers. And the confidence, again, has to do with what lies ahead for the Phoenix Suns. You know, you take a look at their upcoming schedule and it it's it's pretty brutal, man. It's like I said, so you got Sacramento winning team. You have the the Sixers, a winning team. You have the Utah Jazz, who I think uh the Lakers just jumped to take this the 10 seed from 
but they're a team that's fighting for that 10 seed, right? Because the Lakers now are 36 and 37. The Utah Jazz currently are 35 and 37. You got the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are currently sitting at the seven seed. You got Denver. You got OKC, who's now the eight seed. You got the Spurs. That's the one easy game on this schedule is the Spurs. Then you got Denver, Lakers, Clippers. Every one of these teams is either in the playoffs, except for the Jazz, who is just outside the playoffs. That's our last 10 games, folks. Everything you want is on the other side of hard. Everything you want is on the other side of this fucking schedule. Every one of these teams, outside of Denver, maybe. Denver has a three-and-a-half game on Memphis, so they're going to still be trying to win games because they're still trying to hold on to that number one seed, man. This is it's going to be tough, man. Yeah, that's why I don't even know if we'll make the playoffs. I'm just kidding. Um, I think <laughs> KD might be back. I feel like but that Wednesday game, right, against the Wolves, he, he has yeah, to be, right? potentially. That's got to be, that, that's know, gotta the, be the comeback game. Yeah, and the whole thing where James Jones is like, oh, if this was a playoffs, he would be playing. I'm pretty sure that's what he, it was. James Jones that said that. That's just to be like, oh, we didn't fuck up by trading by, for KD, who just might be hurt every year for the Suns. You know, we didn't give up Mikhail and Cameron Johnson. For that guy, he's fine. There's nothing, right? He's just trying to like put under the bridge. He's like, this is okay. He'll be back, all that stuff. Just like this whole year. It's like, hey, we'll be okay. It's all right. But I've been panicking since that injury just because of the way he did get hurt. Mm-hmm. That's why I haven't been confident in this team at this point. Because the way he got hurt was like, oh, well, what? So should he not warm up and stuff? So those are the things you worry about now as a Suns fan. It's just this team being very fragile. So before the Suns, the last two years were just that the runs they were making, it was just this team was unbeatable at times last year of course they were unbeatable the year before that still find themselves and they made it to the finals in a way where a lot of people thought they were lucky now you're coming to the season where you know chris paul is absolutely nothing da still has to come back from injury and get ready with this offense with kd there's so many questions in that time span where it's okay to be just a little bit frazzled man just a little you know it's okay but then like you said the whole west is kind of like if you just get in and you have a healthy KD and you have a healthy team that can stay healthy, then you have a shot. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing you have to worry about. But it's also just making the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to lose every game, but that's going to be a tough schedule. Even with KD, you have no idea. They barely won that Mavericks game too, where mm-hmm. Luka missed that game tire and then everyone thought the Suns were unbeatable. Look at that yeah. team. They're just they're going to kill it in the playoffs with that with KD. You know what I mean? It was barely a win against the Mavericks. And the Mavericks so- suck. Yeah, the Mavericks, they, they put up a fight with Kyrie. They do, and now he's out. He was out tonight. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, like, you just you just have to have your healthy squad there. With PG being hurt, Cat um, is coming back, but I don't care about the Wolves. I think the Suns can handle them. But if it's a play-in, oh, I don't know. Anthony Edwards, all that shit, that might not yeah. look good. Yeah. So I don't know, man. There's a lot of and, questions, right? And they're in Yeah, there's a ton of questions. Number one is health. Because that's what everybody in Suns Nation is is holding on to ever so delicately. Well, Kevin Durant's going to be back. And yeah, James Jones said that if this was the playoffs, he'd be playing, right? Like, I get that. But all it takes is one little tweak, one little thing, and they're done. Because again, I go back to the fringe of this roster. And while we've talked ourselves into a lot of these players, we're not seeing consistent production from anybody. From anybody. Chris Paul, a a, a decent game tonight. I'll give him that because he was trying to be trying to be more aggressive tonight. But Chris Paul ends with 18 points. But in order to for him to do 18 points, only four assists, he was 8 of 17 from the field. Chris Paul shot the most points tonight, and he had five fouls. He was like, listen, I've got to pick up some, the, the offensive intensity, and he just can't do it anymore. Like, I want to be optimistic. 
I want to be optimistic. God, I wish I could be have the blind fucking stupidity that some people have to be so optimistic and just be like, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. And then we're out in the playoffs and like, yeah, it's cool. Like, I wish I could do that. But I'm a fucking Suns fan. I'm a pessimistic realist when it comes to the Phoenix Suns. Nothing ever goes our way. Nothing ever breaks our way. It's literally been proven time and time and time. <laughs> We trade Kevin Durant. He hurts his. He comes here hurt and he hurts his fucking ankle. It's just like never happens. And we try to talk ourselves into being positive and optimistic, and you know, let's smoke a bowl and everything's gonna be happy and pet the fucking fuzzy wall and that shit. But that's not the way the world works. Good, bad, or indifferent. It's just not the way that the world works. And when you're a fan of the Phoenix Suns and you've been shot down and pushed down, and every time you have hope, you're, you're like, oh my god. This is great. I feel a little bit of hope. This could be an amazing. Oh, shit. It's just it happens over and over and over and over again. There's chapter after chapter after chapter. So forgive me if I'm not sitting here just super excited for Kevin Durant coming back because it's like when Kevin Durant comes back. Okay, what next? Devin Booker's going to have to carry the, the team until then. And he'll probably be, you know, a, a hamstring might be hurt or Chris Paul is fucking cooked. You know, so we have to rely on DeAndre Ayton, and that's why you're correct when you say DeAndre is an X factor. He is the X factor for this team come playoff time because we're going to need his offensive and defensive prowess to both be on display consistently for this team to have any shot at winning a title. And we watch him every night. We don't know if we're going to get it, man. You know what, though? I think it's it's tough for Monty, but he has to do this. I think what he has to do, even when Katie's back, I don't know if we can we can play games where we're closing with Chris Paul. I just don't think we can. I think a lot of these leads, even when we cut into him and Chris Paul's back on the court, it just doesn't look good. I think you can you can get energy from other guys. If I were to close the game, if Katie's back, mm-hmm. and then you have DeAndre in there, I think I put Okogi there at point man, and then maybe someone else, another shooter or something. Like even tonight, I was thinking like, could we just have Shamit close the game with Book? Just because I, I love what Chris Paul does most of the games where he can get his assists mm-hmm. and get his jump shot. But when he when his runners are clanking off the rim a couple times a game, it's like wide open shots towards the rim. I'm like, what is going on? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's just totally breaking down in a way where I didn't think it was possible. Like this year, of course, like he's had games. He has flashes early in the year where it's like, no, he's OK. He's fine. But I'm telling you, man, when these games get close and you need to slow things down, maybe it's not the right thing to do is slow things down with Chris Paul. Maybe you got to put a Kogi in there when, you know, Booker's in there and sham it. Just guys that are quick, like high offensive um, firepower. You know what I mean? Like just guys mm-hmm. that are just ready to shoot. Um, I don't know. You got to do something else because this Chris Paul thing right now, when he's in there, I'm like, oh, we lost. That's how I think. I'm like, we're going to lose. Now, he here's, in there. Here, here's where I'll push back because I think that with Kevin Durant and with DeAndre Ayton back, I think you can play Chris Paul in the final minutes. Because you're not asking anything more than for him to facilitate, and that's where he can pick apart due to his experience, due to his cerebral nature, and the way that he sees the game, he will flourish in that role. I truly believe that because you're asking him to do literally nothing. And guess what? If he's wide open for a 15-footer, he can knock it down. But you're right in these games without Kevin Durant, and it's literally like, okay, we have Devin Booker, and Chris Paul's the number two option on offense. He's got to be the number four or five option on offense. So that's where I'll push back on you a little bit there. Because when he's the number two, you're right. Like these past few games, when it's Devin Booker and Chris Paul closing it out, Chris Paul's a shell of himself. 
He can't get open. He can't he, he can't create any physical contact because, as you mentioned, if he creates any physical contact, he's the one who gets hurt. And we don't need him being hurt going into it because, again, you need to have a leader out there on the court. And that's why it's going to be really interesting when we hit the offseason to see what happens with Chris Paul. When we do our weekly podcast in the offseason, that's going to be the number one topic. What is going to happen with Chris Paul this offseason? Because the dude's old, and you see it. Mm-hmm. So I think that when we hit – too slow. He, he's too slow. He can't. He, he's not physical. But even he when can, you're saying he's a zero out there, like I mean, not. But, a zero, but he's not he, a zero though. That, but he's not no, a zero. I know. Not with KD, AD, and Devin Booker. But he's I know you're zero. like he can do nothing but you know shoot or you know facilitate. I think he's too slow for it. I really do. I just think that he's going to cause a lot of pain for us towards the end of games. Turn the ball over or something. I just I can just see that thrown out there. I can see it too, unfortunately, and that's just kind of <laughs> yeah. Actually, like, you know, Chris Paul I, I in the playoffs. That is a thing. So. Sorry. Yeah, Chris Paul in the playoffs. Like you know, if if you take a look at the history, uh, it doesn't necessarily bode well for the the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I do want to pull up a couple um, comments in the chat that I appreciate. So again, thank thank you guys Please. for hanging out with us. I know this ain't the yeah, thanks, the, dude. The, the, the greatest. Uh, you're not sitting around eating there. popcorn. But uh, Coach Coach Fallen founder says, as a New Orleans Saints fan, I will just say, all we need is a magical season, and it can happen. And God, I, I want that so bad. And and Coach yeah. also says, uh, Jake, you're great. Uh, John, you're like the kid in Angels in the outfield that doesn't believe in God anymore. The other kid has to remind him that the team can win it all because, hey, it could happen. I'm standing here just like Angels in the outfield, <laughs> waving. The one you know. game Katie comes back and everything looks good. We'll be we'll be on the other side again. Don't worry. Oh, yeah, it'll happen. We'll, he'll come back. He'll have an amazing game. We'll beat yep. a, a, a team that's uh, tough. And at this, and then, you know, like you said, like, yeah, everything, will, everything will be okay. But, you know, misery loves company and welcome to be a Phoenix Suns fan. And, you know, unfortunately that that's what happens sometimes is you, you play a team like the Lakers who you should beat, and you know, it's going to be tough when you don't have Kevin Durant, you know, you don't have Deandre. Ayton. But when you see the opposition sh- shoot 46 free throws against you, you're just, you're pissed. You're straight up pissed. And you take a look at the playoff picture now. Okay. Oh, you know, before I get to the playoff picture, I did want to um, bring up, let's see here, uh, uh, something on Twitter. And I thought this was very interesting. Okay. So we have uh, a writer at Bright Side of the Sun um, at Stay True S.3. It's uh, Stephen Prigian. I know I messed up his last name, but he put this tweet out today. And I thought this was really interesting says Phoenix Suns catch and shoot percentage on three point attempts post All-Star game. Kevin Durant in his you know three games played was 66.7%. And again, this is catch and shoot percentage on three point attempts. Uh Booker's 59.3%. Damian Lee 56.3%. Chris Paul 47.6%. Terrence Ross 47.4%. And then you look Cameron Payne 33.3%. Tory Craig, 33.3%. Ish Wainwright, 32.4%. And Josh Akogi, 31.4%. So the question I have is when Kevin Durant does return, we know that that fifth starter is going to be somebody who highly benefits from the catch-and-shoot three. Because as defenses collapse, there's always one guy standing in the corner. And we saw it in the Josh Akogi game where he went 0 for 8 uh, until Ish Wainwright kind of came in and saved the game against the Mavericks. So the question I have here 
is when Kevin Durant does come back, and you know that's going to be Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Ayton, is Josh Okogie really the right fifth starter for offensive purposes? Or do you put in a Damian Lee or even a Terrence Ross, who, as I've mentioned before, Damian Lee is 56.3% on catch-and-shoot threes, and Terrence Ross is 47.4% on catch-and-shoot threes. What do you think, Matthew? I go with the Kogi still. I think he's just so versatile. You got to leave him in there. Um, I know the catch and shoot thing right there. That's pretty good. Pretty good look. Of course, he's on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, well, but that's I, what I, I'm saying, though. He's the worst out of all these guys I just mentioned. Eight players. He's the worst on catch and shoot threes. And that's because literally... he goes so cold sometimes, right? Like, he can go for eight those games, right? But yeah. I still trust him. But this it's, is it's just about trust to me. This is a, a, a big enough time period, though, because these are all these are numbers post all star break, right? So. That's the thing. I get what Akogi brings when it comes to his defensive prowess and his hustle and his offensive rebounding. Those are all great numbers. But if you talk about what's the one thing that you want the fifth starter to really excel at with that lineup, my answer would be the catch and shoot three, because that's what that guy is going to be doing all the time. And the data is showing us is like, Hey, maybe that's not the answer. You know, maybe you do put Damian Lee out there and, and let him, and you move a Kogi to the second unit, then all of a sudden your second team unit has a Tory Craig and has a Josh Kogi, who we mentioned before is a pretty good defensive combination with that second team unit, knowing that your offensive production is going to be primarily from Cameron Payne and Landry Shamit. No, it's a Kogi to me. <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, I think Shamit would be great, but you can't put him in the starting lineup. The thing is, too, man, Katie plays a lot, a lot of minutes with that second unit, the three games he was playing with us. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be huge for Shamit and Ross too. But that's the thing is, is Ross going to just do catch and shoot? He better be because the catch and shoot guys have to be Ross. They have to, it has to be Lee and it has to be Shamit. And Shamit can really, he can make his own shots too, but those guys just have to be ready. A lot of times in these games, they're trying to do too much still. Just like um, Ross did today where he was just trying to do too much off the dribble. Mm-hmm. And you just got to stand there, shoot your, shoot your shot, but there's no spacing in a game like tonight. So Katie will bring that with the second unit, but I'd still keep a there in the first unit. Okay. I, I think I go away from a and really, I, I really do. I think that that's the benefit of having that other person out there because we saw it in the game against the Mavericks, Josh Kogi was wide open and he was O of eight. You need a guy who can knock down. 40% of those, man, that becomes like three of eight. That's nine points right there. And it felt like that entire game, they were down nine points. And I think that that's how you have to uh, make that. That's the adjustment you have to make, in my opinion, which we know Monty Williams won't make that adjustment because, eh, you know, that's not really what he does. So He's too worried about the refs, imaginary fouls <laughs> that he wants called. Yeah, I just. I don't understand it. The Suns committed the fouls tonight, but they also were getting fouled as as per usual. It's just not being called. Uh, bringing up the playoff picture, taking a look at it live and up to date. Uh, currently, the the Denver Nuggets would play the winner of the uh, well, whatever. The Suns right now are <laughs> primed to play the Los Angeles Clippers. Okay, now that being said, the Golden State Warriors are just a half game behind the Clippers. The Phoenix Suns are a half game better than the Clippers. Okay. So we're 10 and a half games out of first Clippers are 11 gold state warriors are 11 and five. Uh, and that's kind of where we're at right now. We're two games above the play-in. And I mentioned this before 
the key is you have to like if you're losing games, other teams have to be losing. The challenge is if you look at the seeds right now, five through ten, that's Golden State, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Dallas Mavericks, and Los Angeles Lakers. Those five teams, four of them have won two in a row, while the Suns have lost two in a row. So we're starting to see that shrink. So my first question, are you worried about the Suns potentially falling out of the playoff picture relative to falling into the playing game? And two, if the playoffs were to start today, we would play the Clippers. How do you feel about that? Okay. Uh, for the Clippers, I would be okay. I think the whole Paul George injury, that's going to be something that might be season ending. Um, if you only have one of those two, um, it's it's definitely something that's doable for the Suns. If you're if you're talking about KD coming back, of course, for the playoffs, I think they could also still win that series in like maybe five or six games. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm serious, like the Clippers are rolling, dude. And a lot of these games in the playoffs that are going to come down to just like just the shot, you know, getting a getting a nasty like little fadeaway shot over somebody. That's going to be that's the Clippers game. They can definitely do that. They can definitely play uh, defense. They can hit big shots. Uh, they move the ball around really well. I know Russell Westbrook's kind of settled down to his old. He he's not the same he, like he was with the with the Lakers, but right now with the Clippers, he kind of looks a little bit better. He's kind of handling himself a lot better with that team. Um, but I am worried about this whole situation going to play in. I really am. It's up to KD. I think it's up to KD to say like, "Hey, I'm coming back." Like, fuck the training staff. It's like, no, let's just hold out. We got to get wins. We can't yes. do anything with this team right now. We got to get wins. DA has played all season long. It's his turn to be injured. Come the fuck back, KD. We need you here. And just start playing, dude. Just start fucking playing. And you're like, well, he'll get hurt again. Yeah, but these are the playoffs now. We got to maintain that top six C. We can't be in the play-in. And with no momentum at all, if we get in the play-in and some teams playing home, who knows? It's just it's just one game, two games. You might be out and be like, "What mm-hmm. the fuck just happened? Why did Katie mm-hmm. not come back earlier?" I think he needs to come back and help this team right now to maintain a top five or six seed. Well, and I, like the four is where it's at, in my personal opinion. The four is where yeah. it's at. the five could be because again, you're not in the play-in, and I, I like I don't mind playing Denver in the second round. Now, don't clip that because if that happens and they beat us, you're like, "Well, Void has said back on I don't March mind a lot of these teams. It wasn't a, you know, <laughs> so, well, you, yeah. No one in the West is truly scary, but you're right. The one thing that is scary is momentum. And if the Suns clearly don't have momentum right now, it's dropping and it's dropping quick. Just two weeks yeah. ago, we were talking like, "Hey, shit, we can get the third. We might be able to get the second seed." Then you lose five out of six, and you're like, "Fuck, man, we might be in the play-in here soon." I mean, that's the Western Conference this year, and a lot of these teams. There's going to be teams that are in the plan that got hot at the right time. And you're right. The Phoenix Suns have to do everything they can to try to avoid that. And that's why tonight's loss, again, is so unbelievably frustrating. And I let off the podcast by saying you don't like to say that, you know, your 72nd game of the season or 71st game of the season or whatever it was is a must win. But that's how it feels. Because from a momentum standpoint, we are losing it and we're losing it fast. And you have other teams like Minnesota. They're, they're gaining momentum. Oklahoma City. They're gaining momentum. Oh, the Lakers scary, are starting dude. to gain some momentum. The Lakers are 7-5 and five without LeBron, right? So, I mean, good, bad, or indifferent, whether these teams are winning legitly or they're getting 46 free throws against the Phoenix Suns, they are gaining momentum and the Suns are losing it. Now, if the Suns, if the season were to end today and we were to play the Clippers, I'd, I'd love it because good, you know, it sucks, but Paul George does not look well. That injury last night, God, prayers up for Paul George, man. You hate to see that because I'd love to beat push, uh, uh, playoff, push off playoff. George. Yeah. Know, and, push and off the playoffs, P. Push off P. There you go. I'd love to play him in the postseason because uh, because that's a team that we can beat. Without him, they become highly beatable. 
I know that Kawhi Leonard is Kawhi Leonard, and I know that they have some wings, and they they like you said, they have a team that has an that while the Suns have been fledgling with their identity all season, post all post All Star break and post trade deadline, the Clippers have identified themselves and they've been playing better. Right? They don't have a lot of confidence issues post uh, trade deadline. I think they did a good job there. So not having Paul George is a big chunk of that. And I, I'd I'd happily accept playing them in the first round, knowing that Denver would be on the other side of that if we could get past them, because I think Denver's beatable. But you're right. Yeah, who can you trust? The, the The one team that scares me right now is the team that we're playing next, man. The Sacramento Kings scare me because of their offense. Because yeah. team, teams like that, and they're they can get hot at any time and just go on a you know. For any of you who've watched any Kings basketball outside of Suns basketball, you know what I'm talking about. This team drops drops 10-0 runs like it's nothing. Like, boom, you're like, oh, shit. Well, there, there it was. And the Phoenix Suns, given the current state, can't keep up with that. They just can't. They just can't. They can't. No, not right now they can't. And um, uh, Big Sexy does say momentum hurt us last year going to the playoffs. Remember, we did yeah. let off the pedal a little bit. In Big Myers. time. Big time. Uh, yeah, I think it definitely did. You, you, met a, you met a team with the Pelicans that just were ready to mm-hmm. – Bump, bump and grind down there and dude their, you know what their mind was telling them no but their body yeah. <laughs> their body was telling them yes there is really no team right now seriously in the west i know i don't i'm not com- i'm not confident in this whole suns team right now i'm not i'm not looking forward to any games i don't fucking want to watch these games right it's tough it's painful i hate it i had a but... coverage tonight for bright side i'm like you know what it's gonna be a good game it's gonna be a good game no and then it's just like as it's happening you're like <laughs> Okay, it's gonna be a yeah. You're just game. like, oh yeah, one of those. yeah. We we're just not that good right now. Right. Okay, uh, I gotta try to be nice in the way that I cover this game and just not be a true fan and be like, this is fucking bullshit. Yeah, I just think Sacramento is like one year away. I mean, I know it's like, oh, you never know what's gonna happen next year, but they're just they're clicking. They are, but I just, I just don't. The experience and stuff is a big thing, and I think the Suns do have that now with the pieces they have left over from the trade, but. Even when saying that, I don't believe myself. What am I talking about? See, you want to believe it? That's where we're all at as Suns fans because we have this mystical, you know, Kevin yes. Durant is out there. And it's just like, ooh, ah, it's going to happen. Like, every, once yeah, he's come back, back. everything's going to be okay. Just come back, Katie. be okay. And it just, it's just so much more than that. It's so much more than that. You have to have the stars. Yes, we've always talked about that. The team that has the stars are going to win the series. But you need some depth. And that's what we learned in the in the NBA Finals. Um, I don't even know. I, we haven't done one drop this whole thing, so we'll just do this. All right, the referees are jam stars of the game. 46. Uh, Dem Booker had 33 in this game. We didn't even do subreddit stakeout, man. Oh, shit. Yeah, tell me what the LA people were saying. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. We are jamsters. I'm hey. doing drops. Matthew's got eyebrows. I'm a producer, like, dude. You look like Eugene Levy. I yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought about ten times a day while looking at these glasses. What did they say? Uh, All right, wake up, honey. Ready. Daily AR15. Love the name. Austin Reeves. Austin AR15 Reeves highlights just dropped. Yeah, AD getting bullied by fucking Beyond on both ends of the court. He was early. He was. It but was then early. AD w- woke up when Jock came in there, so it was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of crap about AD and just hate him. Uh, even bums don't fear AD because he's soft. He, um, you know, 
a lot of that. There's uh he took Booker's cornbread. I don't know if you heard that. Were you watching ESPN? Was it I on wasn't, ESPN? but I saw it all on Twitter. I got stone on my lips. Um, the Suns are a very unlikable team. That kept happening. I hate the Suns. Fuck the Suns. Imagine if we game. had Embiid instead of A Disney. A Disney is a new nickname. I never heard that one for. I've heard it. Yeah, I've heard. Oh, it really? Before. Yeah, because the, the only the only championship he won was the Disney one. That Orlando. inbound pass at the end of the third quarter, where he just like late. He like I think he actually threw it out of bounds. Like hit the line. Yeah. <laughs> Someone just wrote like walking the dog makes no sense in that situation. I just thought that was so funny because. There were so many guys down on the other side of the court, and he just like rolled it. And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah walking the dog, walking the dog." <laughs> like, what's he doing? But then Shaman just—that was—that was like a football play. Everyone was like going for the fumble, dude. Yeah, and that—that that was the highlight of the game for the Suns. I feel like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, someone said, "Yeah, I don't feel good." Booker and CP are closers. I don't think they've watched the Suns this year, so yeah, I don't think they, they closed one game out. They have two. That, that's, that's so good. last year. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Thoughts. Um, brains. Did you see the Mavericks game beforehand? I watched a little bit of it. Yeah. Did you see when they lined up on the wrong side of the court and let the Warriors just score two points? No. Was that in the third quarter? Yes. Mark Cuban did tweet something about that, but yes, I didn't even he's read challenging it. it. He said like the refs duped him. It's like, how do you not know what side of the fucking court you're on? I would have to see it. So they gave him like they were on the other side and like they went the wrong way with it. So like the Dallas Mavericks defense. So the Warriors got the ball and the Dallas Mavericks defense was on the other side of the court. Like mm-hmm. I'm inbounding it and then I have to take it across court, you know, to go score. But they were inbounding it on their side of of the of the court, and Dallas instead of being there to defend the inbound pass, and the five players who were standing down there next to the brim were on the other side, and it was two points, and they ultimately, they ultimately lost one twenty seven to one twenty five. So it's like Mark Cuban's going to be challenging his own team's stupidity, and he's saying like a ref misinformed him or something. I don't know. It's I'm confused. Weird, I'll have to I, watch it. I'll have to go on ESPN. Yeah. Like I haven't done in a while. Watch just go on some Twitter. highlights. It's all over Twitter. Oh, it's a, go on it's, to Twitter. It's hilarious. Okay. It's, yeah. It's yeah. It's just absolutely <laughs> hilarious. So funny. So funny. Uh, what a weird pod. I had yeah. so many notes and we didn't do any drops or anything. We just talked about, what do we talk about? Just how depressed we are. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. John Carl's like a dropless podcast. Yeah. Yeah. The one and only. Yeah. Uh, tell, tell me what you have in your notes. You got two minutes. Oh, dude, it's too late. Um, <laughs> dude, I don't even know. <laughs> While staring like at a blank sheet of paper. I'm like, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> I don't know, man, if they're I can in, go through these. They're in Braille. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that uh, our thoughts? That's our thoughts right there. So mm-hmm. uh, on that note, is there anything else that I missed, Matthew? Anything you want to talk about before we get out of here? No, I honestly, I like the way Payne and Shaman are playing off the bench. I think Shaman played a really good game tonight. Uh, a lot of confidence in his shot. His shot's a little different. It looks a little bit more straight now. Looks like he's getting he, more lift on his jumper, too. Yeah, yeah, it looks a little different. So he he's he's looked better. Um, I think his offense is what the Suns need, for sure. Um, I wanted him to kind of close the game out instead of Chris Paul, but... Yeah, I do That's like... Thing to I, say. Well, I, I wrote it in the piece for Brightside as I was covering the game tonight, it, Landry Shamit has been such a welcomed addition. He's been productive. I mean, he was three of five from beyond the arc 
in the first half. He was what three of three from beyond the arc in the last game. Like that's what you want from Landry. Like hit, come in and hit three threes. That's all we need every game, man. Those nine points are generally momentum uh, makers or momentum breakers for the opposition, the way yeah. they're scoring. So yeah, I'm all for that. Uh, next game for the Phoenix Suns. Again, they're playing on Friday against the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento. We'll be coming to you live after that game. Hopefully it's a, hopefully it's a nice win. We could really use a win, man. That'd be nice. I'm just going to say it. I don't think it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. So oh, this is we, weird. And then we got the 76ers the next night on Saturday <clears throat> night. So that's going to be a challenging game as well. So there you go, Jamsters. Uh, just keep shooting. Just, just line keep them up. Sh- Shoot, shoot the threes. Shoot. Play so, some Dallas uh, Mavericks basketball. There you go. Fuck defense. I mean, what's yeah. the point? Stop fouling. Just Olay. Come on in. You can't stop them anyways. What's the point? So, on that note, dancers, we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Hit the thumbs up button if you happen to be watching this on YouTube. And until Friday night, we will uh, we'll see you then. So everyone have a good rest of your week. Yeah, go home, love your family. about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.